And today is the last day of this uh, batch of the group of practice time. This uh, second group of the male monastic community. We have that perception, the last day. Tomorrow a different routine begins uh, according to the schedule. The last full day of a retreat, I always like to encourage the active reflection, investigation of this as a a process of becoming. It's the primary territory to watch that sense of the mind creating a future, or several futures. What will I do tomorrow? What comes after that? This is the habits of the conditioned mind, leaning into the imagined future. What now? What now? Quid nunc in Latin. What now? The mind tries to lean away from the present into that imagined future. But whatever shape it takes, whether it's hoping, fearing, planning, Responsibility, whatever is the cause for the mind creating those images of an imagined future, all of them are dukkha. The degree to which the mind inhabits and identifies with those imagined futures is the degree to which it's creating dukkha. Because in that birth into an imagined future, it's necessarily losing its perspective on the present reality. And the Dhamma is always here and now, Pachupanna, Sanditiko Akaliko, apparent here and now, timeless. So the more that the attention wanders off into a, an imagined future or a remembered or imagined past, it's necessarily out of tune losing its, say, conscious relatedness to the present reality. Falling asleep at the wheel, or the conductor ignoring the place in a musical score, they get lost. You fall asleep at the wheel of a vehicle, you drift off. has to happen that way. So the last day of a formal retreat period is ideal opportunity to see how the mind wants to create a future. Let's be reasonable. I've got things to do. I will have to do this, that, the other. Let's be reasonable, practical. It's not that those things are not there in the schedule. Our name might be on various duties, activities. But still, it's entirely up to this mind, the attitude with which it relates to those possibilities. Yes, the name is on a list. There's ink on paper or pixels on a computer memory. But in this moment, it's exactly 
this way. The Dhamma is here and now. The mind creates the sense of time. It's a projection. Because it's created by the mind and the the habits of attachment, it can therefore not be created or seen through its empty, insubstantial nature, the sunyata, the emptiness of time can be recognized. It can be known simply as a convenient fiction. Today is Thursday, July the 23rd. It's 8.35 in the morning. Those words, those concepts apply here in this particular time zone this particular convention of measuring time. The third day of the waxing moon, second fortnight of the Vasa. It's also, that's the date. What's the year? 2020 or 2563? Depends how you measure it. These are all convenient fictions. It's 8.35 in the morning here. It's, I think, 7.35 in the evening in Australia, New Zealand. What time is it? Now, if we actively reflect upon how the mind creates these conventions of today, tomorrow, this week, next week, next year, then the empty nature of those conventions can be recognized. If the mind buys into its plans, its structures, its hopes, its fears, its worries, its responsibilities, then right there it's creating the causes of dukkha. During this day, I encourage that sense of exploration, that sense of investigating, looking at this feeling of getting somewhere, what tomorrow will bring, overlooking this to get to that. A very simple way of accessing this and changing the habit, Lumpur Chah would encourage a, a, a training to walk one step at a time. We might think that we do that already, but if, uh, if it's explored, observed, almost always the, the mind is thinking of where you're going or thinking of something else and the, the body strides forwards. Even if you're doing walking meditation, you can be fixated on the end of the path, trying to get to the end of the path, even though you're just going to turn around and go back again can still be fixated on that that place I am going. So to take a simple principle like just walk one step at a time. The body is still moving, can be moving quite briskly, quite quickly. But if the, the mind is not identified or attached with that, 
That which knows the movement isn't moving. That which knows the footsteps is outside of space. You can't really even really say it's still because still uh, has a, a meaning in relationship to movement. But that quality of awareness, the vijjadatu, knowing element, is not confined or located in space. The mental factors are not really related to three-dimensional space. They're not anywhere. Awareness doesn't apply. That which knows movement isn't moving. It's always present. Here. It creates that feeling of here-ness. This is a, a very simple but powerful exercise to develop. Can we just walk? Be totally aware of the body walking and not be going anywhere. To see that these are just conditions of the perceptual field arising, taking shape, and dissolving. Nobody is really going anywhere. There's just conditions of mind coming and going and changing. That's all there ever has been. Nobody has really gone anywhere. In truth, in, in, in an ultimate sense, all of us are always exactly here. So what this brings, if this, this change of view is actualized, is a great peacefulness, is a great ease, is a relaxation even as activity is going on. So we can approach this and develop this through the act of walking, but it also applies to every other activity, talking, eating, carrying out our chores, whatever it might be. There are the perceptions of feeling, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, coming and going and changing, but the heart is not identified with those, it's not born into those conditions. It's the very field of awareness that knowing element that's aware of the movement but is not moving. Similarly with hearing, seeing, that which knows visual forms is formless. That which knows sound is not a sound. It's, it knows, say, the words of my morning reflection, sound of machines or birds in the distance. But that which knows the sound is totally silent. It's outside the world of noise. That which knows visual forms is formless. It has no shape. It's not tall or short or square or round. Or shape doesn't apply. Color doesn't apply. As we bring attention to this 
noticing the habits of becoming, letting them go, letting the body just walk along and not be going anywhere, even as the body moves. Get a sense for that. Feel that. What's that quality like? Hearing sound, but knowing a perfect inner silence. Seeing visual forms, but yet the heart abiding in a formless, spacious, open quality. Letting the forms come and go, the sounds come and go, the movements come and go, but being unlimited, not bound by those forms, those sounds, those those activities. It's the same with moods and emotions. That which knows anger isn't angry. That which knows sleepiness isn't sleepy. That which knows fear or jealousy is not afraid or jealous. It's awake, it knows. Here it is. This is what we mean by breaking free of the wheel of birth and death. Liberation from the, the wheel of birth and death. Now, which knows the wheel isn't tied to the wheel. In the teachings, there's a, 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 a comment made by a Venerable Sariputta talking about, about becoming. Where he says, Bhava nirodho nibbanang. Nibbana is the cessation of becoming. This is a very helpful reflection, very simple, clear way of describing this. When the heart frees itself from that becoming habit, what remains is peace, nibbana. Bhavani rodho nibbanang. Bhavani rodho nibbanang. Nibbana is the cessation of becoming. It doesn't mean that the, the, the earth stops turning or the body stops breathing or the, our footsteps uh, are no longer felt or perceived. The cessation of becoming doesn't mean we freeze in our tracks or we stop breathing or eating or talking. The four elements still come and go and change. The patterns of feeling and perception, thinking, come and go and change. But the nirodha, the cessation of becoming, is that disentanglement. The heart is attuned to the field of experience. It participates in that, but without bondage, without identification without entanglement. So I like to use this term, unentangled participating. Ajahn Sujito called it a hands-on letting go. So there's an attunement, it's not a rejection of, of perception, of feeling and thought, emotion, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, it's not a suppression, suppression or rejection. It's not an annihilation of 
the conventional world, the conditioned perceptions? No. It's neither annihilation nor affirmation. It's the middle way, which is the way of knowing. As the Buddha called it, it's a place of non-possession, a place of no-thingness. Oh, in this quality of clear awareness, open awareness, in the, that vijjadhatu, the knowing element is fully embodied, actualized in our practice, then peace is the result. Peace is the, the, uh, the quality of experience that is felt. Attuned to the world, to seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, but without being stressed, without being burdened, without being limited by that. In the moments that that is realized, that's touched during today, notice that. Where there's motion, but that which knows the motion is, is realized as being perfectly still, outside of space. There's perceiving. But a complete disentanglement from the perceived. Notice what that feels like. Notice the quality of that. The texture of it. A sense of purity, simplicity, total normality. Kind of perfect ordinariness that's uh, mysteriously satisfying. Get to know that. Feel that. Let that be the baseline for experience. And then when there's an excursion of existence, the mind gets lost in a sound or a feeling or a thought or a plan. Recognize, oh, there's a birth. The mind just got born into that liking, disliking. Activity, responsibility. Recognizing the mind got born into that, then watch the results of that birth. Let it be known as it follows through its the effects of that attachment. Let go. When the letting go has happened, how does it feel? What's the nature of the mind, the heart, free of grasping? But over and over again, there is that direct realization this is the nature of the heart, the mind, when it's free of grasping. Pure, bright, radiant, peaceful, limitless. Utterly ordinary, normal, delightful. <laughs>